Welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson. On today's show, Homeschooling Expectations and Experience Part 2, we will be talking with Stedman Elementary School Principal Heather Kahn and Middle High School Principal Rick Dormer about ongoing distance education in the district, including family support and challenges from home. Welcome, Heather and Rick. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks very much, Kari. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Um, I'm sure it's an exciting week to be back at school part-time. Well, we'll jump right in. We'll start maybe with Heather. Um, what is the hardest challenge you faced with distance education, not having children in school full-time? I, I'm thinking that the biggest challenge has been trying to connect with our students. And we have such... Um, you know, we have the K-5 students and it's just hard. We're not, when they're not physically present in their learning environment, it's hard to connect with them. They just, some of them don't have the skills to be online. Um, it's not appropriate for them to be online. And so trying to figure out how we're going to service them. Uh, also having to rely on the parents to teach and then to work their own job and then to parent all at the same time is just, we feel, we feel that pain and we feel the hardship that it is. So trying to figure out how do we reach those K-5 students, I think has been the hardest challenge for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Rick, how about you? What has been the hardest challenge uh, you faced? <laughs> No, great question. And it's similar, obviously, even with the older kids is just connection. You know, in some ways, it's ironic to say that because we live in such an amazing community, you know, in the support of GCI, we actually could connect with all students digitally, which was pretty amazing because I know a lot of other communities, it wasn't even close, you know, and we were able to do that. But then just the connection of the, the relationships that we build and are so great with amongst our community. Um, those were just, they were strained. It doesn't mean they weren't there, but they were strained. And of course, you know, families just working their tails off to work their own jobs, as Ms. Khan said, and teach their own kids. I mean, that was tough. But just that social emotional um, piece was just so, so complicated and so difficult, recognizing that I think the best education we do for our students is that great partnership between families and the community connections, and then what we can bring in the school side of the teachers and the sports and, uh, you know, the counseling and all the cool stuff we do. You know, it's like that three-legged stool. You took off one, we kind of teeter and kind of make by, but it wasn't, it wasn't the strong foundation that we've were accustomed to. That was, that was a challenge, obviously, for all of us. Yeah. And so I, I would like to follow up with that because both of you have said the same thing, um, that mm. connection with students. Um, so, Heather, what do you feel is different this year? Is it the part that they're actually in the building? Is that, that's probably, to me, I'm assuming that that's a big. For our, in comparison to last spring from March Yes, they're here. We did it. We made it. We we are here. We're in the building. We had our first day of school. It was, um, you know, I think a lot of anxiety that was built up from March and the unknown and not being in control of things the way that we would love to control things. And then Monday came and fingers were just crossed at our community that we could just stay exactly where we're at. And we wouldn't have a last minute change that you've seen in Ketchikan or Juneau, but that we could open those doors and then Monday came and it was a sleepless Sunday and we're here and we've done it all week long. <laughs> and it's been great. The smiles on their faces 
I've popped in the doorway just to visit all of the classes. The te- they're smiling. The teachers are smiling. Everybody's smiling. They're at recess playing together. It's, it's been a really good experience for us here. Yeah, and even part-time feels like such a treat, like such a luxury. <laughs> yeah. And Rick, also you, I mean, you said the same thing with the connection. And um, I have to say, I was really surprised and delighted, not just at the part-time school um, that the district was able to offer, but then when I was listening in on the um, Zoom meeting for parents um, about also the school is offering after school activities for even the middle school and high school, which I was really impressed with, with the plan there. Um, do you want to talk about that a little? Sure. I can talk about that a little bit. It, it, Ms. Cod said it perfectly. I couldn't say much more just that I said it in the spring that I, no one got an education to not be around kids. You know, we all probably would have taken different career paths if we wanted to sit behind a computer all the time, like we did in the spring. So just having the kids, even on a alternating or a part-time is um, it is delightful, outstanding. I mean, it's, it's what we, what we do and what we live for, you know, being around kids and watching them learn and connect uh, with us and with each other. So it's been, it, this week has been a treat. The, the smiles on kids and the, them just being goofy kids is actually really, really awesome. It is. It's very powerful for, for the adults in our lives. Cause you do this and you put all this time and we've worked all summer to, get kids in the building. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Tell me the second part of that question. You, Oh, about the after school activities. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you know, I can't take credit for that. Mr. Cabral's worked really hard and he's a leader in the state. And so he's been talking. So, you know, cross country's going, that's an easy one because they're outside, you know, and they can, they distance and not everybody runs at the same pace. And so they're going, in fact, they're even going to, they're going to travel this weekend, fingers crossed that going to Prince of Wales. So we have our own boat and our own bus and there's no cases on uh, Prince of Wales right now. There's no case in Petersburg. So, uh, we're going to be, we're able to do that, which is really exciting because uh, not, not very many people are traveling. We may be one of the first, even in the state that's going on a traveling trip and we're, uh, we're being as safe and taking all the precautions, but then he, uh, just the creativity of Mr. Cabral and some of his friends around the state to have these activities that are not traditional. You know, we love like basketball, we love wrestling, uh, but the, obviously the contact and everything becomes complicated. So we have sports and stuff we all are familiar with, you know, things like, uh, Things like cornhole. I mean, I love, we play cornhole and go camping or washers, you know, things like that where you, you know, you're not switching the equipment, you have your own stuff, you're not physical contact, but you can compete and then you can do it virtually. So we are going to compete with catch a can and, you know, wrangle and stuff and do kind of a virtual where they can see our scores and they have their own cornhole set and they're doing theirs, you know, and then just this across the board. And we'll bring esports into that. I know people don't love esports because it's kind of sitting behind a computer, but it does get kids to engage and to work as a team. You know, um, so, so there, there is a nice component about that. And, and just the, I mean, this, the evidence is out there. I've worked on this for years. The idea that if kids can connect with their school and their community, absolutely the statistics show they do better in school. They're happier kids, less, you know, social emotional. So that's what we're trying to do. And again, Mr. Cabral's uh, done a lot of work behind that. It's cool stuff. Nice. So, wow, traveling. I'm impressed. Um, is, <laughs> so are only communities that don't have COVID cases traveling to Prince of Wales? We may be the only Wrangle tried to go and got, thinking of them and hope they can get, but they had a few cases. So Wrangle is not going to that Prince of Wales meet. So it may be, um, I don't know all the teams that are going, but I believe it's only, you know, I know Kloak and Craig, of course, are involved. Um, I don't know if any of the smaller communities over there are sending kids and then us, and that might be it. Yeah, it won't be much travel this year, but these ones where we can take our own boat and have our own bus and stuff is what we're doing. Okay. Um, so... 
My second question, we'll start with Heather. Uh, given the circumstances of the pandemic, does that affect the school's education goals for the next semester or year? Short answer, we've got this. We, we were taking care of this, we're gonna do this. Um, I actually just wanna give a shout out to the borough and to everybody who had given us this extra money to put in, um, to go from 12 teachers to 17 teachers, which is a lot. Um, we had the knowledge right here in Petersburg to do that. We had lots of um, in Petersburg applicants. And this has allowed us to create smaller class sizes. And so right now in the AM session, we have classes that range from six to eight students. And in the PM session, we are having classes that sometimes are even four students to eight students. And then when we combine those AM and PM sessions, our classes will still be small. So um, the reason for that explanation is we are able to provide excellent education for everybody in these small class sizes. It is sometimes a one-on-one -on -one, um, individualized instruction with these students where we've had class sizes of 20, which we are very thankful for those class sizes of 20 because we look at numbers, you know, even in Southeast or up North or down South, and those class sizes have been anywhere from 30 to 40 students. We have been so lucky in Petersburg that that's what's important to people. So we do realize that every child is different and they're coming in at different levels. And our class sizes are small enough to where we could work with them at their individual levels. So we're taking them as they are and uh, we're moving forward with that. I think that we're going to be just fine meeting our educational goals that are just outlined by the Department of Education. We're focusing a lot on academic areas, not all on academics, but the majority of the time on academic areas just to make sure that we're teaching the reading and the writing and the math, science and social studies. Our physical activity, recess, art, and music, they're gonna become part of our regular classroom schedule without the specialists because we're really trying to pod our students and to keep them in that same pod with that same teacher. Uh, we do currently have a swim teacher, or we do not currently have a swim teacher hired, but we are looking for a swim teacher. So we're hope that um, we could look at that program a little bit later in the year. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. Um, Rick, how about you, given the circumstances of the pandemic, how does that affect the school's educational goals for the next semester year? Yeah, no, good question. We've, I've had a few parents and kids that have stopped by and said, is we, are we always going to be like this? No, no, no. We are, we are um, doing the best we can in the current situation. We, we've worked years and years and years and refined schedules and classes. And, and obviously we are, I wouldn't say we're stopping, but we're kind of, you know, taking a detour to get back around to that main road. So uh, some of the things that just hurt, but it's the right thing to do, you know, our physical education is less. And we've pride ourselves on a, you know, we have kids have PE K through nine all the time, you know, almost every day. K through eight is every day. And we've had to relax that to every other day and limited opportunities, but it's still there, but it's not the standard we've, the gold standard we've, uh, we pride ourselves on. We are one of the leaders in the state for providing physical education. Um, you know, our music classes obviously have been reduced. That's just such a challenge in this. So things that uh, we still have it, it's just reduced. We, we recognize that some of the instructional methods, methods are not 
the way we want them to be. We're very traditional right now. And if you were walk through the building, you would see kids sitting in desks facing a teacher. It looks like the fifties, you know, in some ways. And so, and there's a time for that, you know, the sage on the stage, you know, talking through all the material, there's a time for that, but we've worked so hard to be group work and project based and peer evaluation. And to understand that the group work just isn't, isn't a safe um, instructional method right now. So that, that hurts us, but we're, we're excited to have kids in the building learning from the teachers. And of course they're talking and we found ways, you know, virtually to do group work. So we're, our teachers are working hard to do that stuff. So uh, what's cool is that we're seeing different attendance standards. And I like that because we've always, you know, seat time has been the thing for all of education. You know, that's how the government counts us is when a kid's sitting in a chair and, re- you know, we've had kids ring in from a trip and be part of the education that way virtually. And now obviously we are relaxing even more. And that's a cool change because I believe that will change the future of education. I mean, probably everywhere, but certainly Petersburg where we have the tools and our teachers and kids have the training. So there's some good things for it. But again, it's, we know we're flexing and it's not an ideal, you know, a lot of people talked about this math on a short block in the high school and that's not the way we love teaching these short classes condensed, but we're doing it to be safe. So certainly adjustments. Okay. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, that, that teamwork and collaboration, it's so important in today's education. And um, even me here at work, going back to work and, you have to stay away from your fellow employees. Like you might be all trying to solve a problem together and looking at something, but you know, you have to stand back in that. It's so different and especially serving the public too. And I can't imagine that on a, like a collaborative basis. You could, I didn't even think of that. Wouldn't it be interesting though, if some employers, even non-education though, started having more people work from home. I, I wonder about that, you know, thinking about fewer costs, you know, you don't have to pay the heating and, Steve Giva is probably shaking in his boots right now because I'm talking about that for other entities, but it, it might be a flex that happens. I mean, it could be the hospital, it could be PFI, you know, some of these work jobs that could be done more at home. I wonder if that shift we'll see going out of this. Yeah, I kind of think we probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my next question, Heather, uh, any words? Oh, Nope. Can you offer your thoughts on the idea fear that kids are falling behind during this time because of the disruption to education caused by the pandemic? Yeah. Um, I think there is a, we do have a high risk of falling behind just when not physically present in school. And I do realize that school looks different. Um, it, it can happen in different environments, different settings. Uh, but when kids are not physically present in their school environment, I think that we do have a risk of falling behind. If we as a community are in a low or medium risk plan, then we'll be able to stay on target with teaching the Alaska standards, the common core, and then small class sizes during our slow start. This has really allowed us time to provide uh, one-on-one instruction, interventions, look at the kid, what, you know, read with them, see where they're having trouble at, and then really support, provide that support for all students. So I think that we have a really good handle on this. I'm, I'm pretty excited about our small pods and the, the opportunities that we're going to see from this. Yeah. And I guess I wanted to, to add to that. Um, I know that you guys have been teaching all summer too. You, you actually were able to welcome kids um, back into the school building this summer who, who qualified for summer school, who yeah. were behind. So you, you have had kids 
And so it wasn't completely foreign having kids in the building. You did start there this summer and it was successful. Yeah. 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 And we've tweaked and that's really what drove our fall plans as well is that, yes, we can do this. We can, we can do this. And I don't know if people were really aware of that, if that, you know, you had students in the building all summer. Yeah, we had two sessions. Um, one was with the Petersburg Public Library, and that was really fun to do a joint effort with them um, for reading instruction. And then one was a, uh, a three-week program for reading, writing, and math. And and that was backed up right to the start of school. So it was fun. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. And thank you, Heather. Um, Rick, do you want to offer your thoughts on the idea or fear that kids are falling behind during this time? Oh, Rick, I think you're muted. I'm muted. Sorry. Thanks. We had some kids making noise outside. I didn't want to disrupt, which is great. We want kids here making noise. <laughs> um, no, we are, I believe. And I, it's farther than kids. I think all of us have fallen behind a little bit, you know, both uh, socially, um, just our lives, the routines, everything. It's, it's different, but I think we're all behind. I put socially, academically, of course, we um, you know, I was, re- I'm really impressed what we did as a district. I'm really impressed what we did, we've done as a community uh, through the spring to make that as normal as we could and to kind of survive and keep our uh, numbers low. But at the same time, um, it took a lot of work and it kind of took a toll. And we know we lost some gains academically. We just couldn't move as fast. Uh, nobody could in any businesses. You know what I mean? Yeah. We talk about just the, just everything we lost and the adaptation and um, like I said, kind of what I talked last time that we are adapting and looking at new ways, you know, like I said, Steve is in charge of the borough, probably thinking of new ways and strategies. I'm thinking of fill the hospital. I know I talked with leadership at OBI and the changes they're making was all of us putting this energy into adapting. Well, that's usually a typical energy we'd be going forward with. So it, it slowed us down. So I think kids are, kids are less, aren't as long as far along as they should be academically as we typically would, but it's nationwide. So it's not just those Petersburg kids or, you know, those Alaskan kids, it's the entire nation. And to be honest, I, I know Petersburg kids are going to come out ahead. And as I talk to people, even within the state where we're, we're leading, of course, because we have great community support, you know, we have great support from our superintendent, Ms. Glue Painter. And so we're, we're doing good things. Yeah. Thank you. And you too, did you, um, you had middle and high school kids in the building this summer? Um, we had, we had some middle school kids. Yeah. Come in and do some work. Yeah. Mrs. Whitstock and Mrs. Cotton lead most of that stuff for summer school, but yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess when I was thinking about what you were saying, I was thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think we were all pretty much there on the bottom there for a while. <laughs> and maybe now we're moving up. <laughs> um, so, Heather, um, any words of advice or encouragement you would like to offer to parents in this new ongoing educational landscape? Sure, yes. Um, just know that we're trying and we can feel that you guys, that you have patience with us. Have patience with your kids. They are where they are. It's okay. We're going to, we'll figure it out together and together we'll make it work and we'll get there. Just believe that we're doing everything we can to keep your children in our buildings, to keep them active, to keep them learning, to keep them achieving and that we're all learning the value of perseverance, grit, and compassion here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That's a great message. Um, Rick, any words of advice or encouragement you would like to offer to parents during this time? 
Sure. Yeah. I, I love that you said Mazda because that is exactly, I mean, that's what parents, that's what you start with, isn't it? I mean, obviously all of our parents are going to shelter and feed their kids, but you know, make sure they're getting enough sleep. Um, keep loving them, you know, even though you're busy at work and they're busy at school, keep telling them how much you love them and how important they are in their lives. And then the step up from that is the routines. And that's something me as an adult, uh, me as a parent, but then also we see is, is keep establishing those routines. That's good for humans. It's good for kids and adults alike, because uh, if you are working from home a lot or your kids are coming and going, it, it can be a little, um, a little bipolar to be in school one day and on and the next day you're at home learning. And then Friday you're doing, you know, it's a little weird to be all over the place. So keep those routines as a family. Those, that's a great way to do it. Um, it's a, a couple of things I've been struggling with as a parent, I think just to give encouragement. And you know, one of them is letting your kids fail at home. I was just two days ago, I was helping uh, my son with his math and I was helping him through. And I thought, maybe I help too much, you know? I mean, cause we just, we, I, we do as teachers, you know, sometimes we want, we want all kids to succeed and especially at home. Well, no, did you carry, no, carry the one. And then I realized I'm just doing it for him. I need to back off. And I think we do as we love our kids so much. So let your kids fail and process through that. Um, I was reminded, I keep the sticker in my office of Google, the great, the amazing Google and their hiring qualities. And so we think about what are we teaching our kids at home? If we're not able to solve that math problem or, you know, understand that poem, I'm terrible at figuring out poetry on my own. I'm so thankful for the Mr. Wars, the Mrs. Lenards uh, of the world because I can't do it at home, Mrs. Mr. Shumway. But their top hiring quality is the ability to learn, not that they have the greatest IQ, but it's just teaching your kids to learn what it means to be a learner at whatever level they're at. And then what I love is number two on their Google's list is relationships. And the third is humility. Is that awesome? Those are all things we can teach at home. You don't need a like I said, a Mr. Ward or a Mr. Dormer or Mrs. Khan, you know, to teach that. Anyone can teach their kids those things. And those are what make them powerful and um, uh, giving back citizens when they get up in the, you know, when they get up in the world. So those are things you can do at home. Again, again, if you're like me, you're helping too much on math, you can't do that poem, you can teach your kids how to learn, um, how to be a good human, build relationships, and how to be humble. Yes. Thank you for that, Rick. And I have yeah. to, I have to add to that because I, I now have a teenager again, that walking away of, I'm doing this work now. <laughs> Walk away. I think you can yeah. figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, Heather, is there anything you would like to add? You know, uh, we are working, I guess, on our low risk plan. I know that Mr. Dormer and myself are working there. I know the community is eager to see that, and we are going to have a work session on Friday for the elementary school, and I'm hoping in the next uh, week or two, we're going to come out with something that uh, we can provide for our students. Nice. Thank you. And Rick, do you have anything you'd like to add? Just, uh, just to be thankful, thankful for the community, the community support, but whether that was you know financial that's allowed us to do a lot of things that we're doing now. Um, the, just the support, a lot of parents asking great questions because this is a brand new, you know, not just world, but a world in education. So it, you know, I told somebody the other day, I feel like in my first year of teaching, you know, trying to figure stuff out. So we're please asking questions. We don't have all the answers. We love talking through individual uh, scenarios with parents and then just the safety of everybody, you know, whether you believe or not, or, you know, whatever spectrum around, just keeping, keeping everybody safe because we are very excited that we're you know, in a considered a green setting. And then a couple of weeks, we could have all our kids in the school. So excited for that. And I hope the community and parents are too. So keep, keep everybody safe to help us build to that. Thank you, Rick. 
And that's all dependent on the community keeping the COVID numbers down. Yeah, and that, absolutely. That's what that entire structure is based on. And so as long as our community can keep those COVID numbers down and keep everybody safe, then then we can go to school full time. I yeah. think we are such a luxury um, in this lovely little island. <laughs> <laughs> this wet little island. Well, thank you for joining us today. I sure appreciate having you both take the time. Um, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Kari. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you, Kari, for taking the time. And thanks again, you're, as a parent and a community member and stuff, we enjoy working with you. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. And we'll see you again soon. All right, we'll see you. <laughs> and it's signing. Go enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Quick run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to do the closing here. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. Thank you to Heather and Rick for taking the time to talk with us today. Today's show will be archived on the Petersburg Public Library's website at www.psglib.org. There is also a link on KFSK's website, kfsk.org. Once you reach the library's website, select the podcast and it will take you to the archived shows. It usually takes us a few days to get the shows up on the site, so um, they should be there by Monday. Uh, tune in next week for Storytime at 10 and Homegrown Conversations at 10.30. Next week, Christina Sargent, Sunny Rice, and Karen Dillman will be discussing the history and excitement of the upcoming Rainforest Festival, and they have lots of activities planned for that. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to add, and now it ran away. Um, oh, the, the tutoring, I wanted to say that about the, um, the statewide website SLED, and you can get there from the Petersburg Public Library's website. They have upgraded this summer and they've become much more user-friendly and they've had free tutoring for years on there, but now they've upgraded the site and it's like I said, way more user-friendly. And you can also get there. It's in the, the banner on the Petersburg Public Library's website and it just says free tutoring. And if you click on it, it'll take you directly there. And um, it's, it's literally that. It's live tutoring and it's free. You do have to plan ahead. You can't just get on at two in the morning. <laughs> Um, you have to send an email and, and ask for help and they will get back to you. But there's free tutoring available on that site um, to, to all of us. And um, there's lots of other things on that, on the SLED website to um, educational opportunities. And I know BrainPop, the school uses BrainPop and um, it has now become available to parents. So you can use it from home for free. Um, so check it out, the SLED website, and I'll leave the link for SLED in the um, description to this show. So thank you for joining us, and thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible. <laughs>